Good morning. You guys need to wake up. Good morning. Uh, Tony made you coffee this morning so you could be awake, so you better get some of that stuff. Uh, man, um, so excited to be here with you guys this morning and to, to look at this word together. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open uh, to Luke 17. Um, I'm just trying to be obedient this morning, so if the beginning of it's a little bit weird, just kind of go with it. Um, God, I just want to hear from you. God, whatever we need this morning, Jesus, just trust you. We just press into you. This morning we're going to be in Luke 17 and uh, we're going to continue um, the series we started a couple weeks ago called What is Worship? And uh, for some of you guys, you're like, well, what is worship is what we just did, right? Like worship is, we just sang some songs, um, we have a time of worship, we, you know, we got a band for that thing and then worship is the, the singing back, right? Or the, I raised my hands uh, or we got to the bridge and I really liked that part, Woo-hoo. like that's worship, Right? And in actuality, maybe this morning that's kind of part of worship. Maybe it's a big part of worship, but in total it's not all that worship is, right? Actually, the definition of worship has got nothing to do with music. It's not even in there. Um, but it's the uh, adoration of, or reverence uh, for a deity. It's what, go look it up, Google it later. Um, so adoration or reverence toward a deity or toward a god, um, for us in this house, we want to expand on that just a little bit because that's kind of vague, uh, right? <laughs> um, worship in this place is the outward and open display of an inward love for God. That worship in this place is outward, right? And it's open, right? And it's a display. It's like a firework show, right? <laughs> um, of an inward love for God. In other words, worship is not a personal, completely thing, right? Worship is not, oh, I'm worshiping in my heart right now, or I'm singing in my heart right now, or I'm raising my hand in my heart. I don't know how you do that. Um, <laughs> worship is an outward thing. It's, it's meant to be experienced, and it's meant to be seen. In the past few weeks, we've, we've talked about that, and, and, and I'll just be honest, in the verses that we have read, worship looks a whole lot more like a lifestyle. Amen. And a whole lot less like a series of songs we sing. Actually, it's completely possible this morning that everyone in this room sang those songs. And even a lot of us raised our hands, but very few of us worshipped. Because worship is just an outward, right, appearance of an inward movement. It's something that's happened on the inside that just cannot be contained. So it's shown on the outside. That, that's worship. And this morning, if we sang all the songs, we raised our hands the whole time, but God never moved anything in our heart, man. We didn't do anything this morning but sing songs, right? Go to concerts. People raise their hands there, like any kind of genre of music, right? Go to ball games. People raise their hand there. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying this morning, what separates worship from entertainment is not that we raise our hands and that we sing back. 
It's what God is doing inside of us that's motivating what's happening on the outside of us. And this morning, we're going to continue to talk about that. We're going to do that in Luke 17. Um, If you have your Bible with you, we're going to start in verse 11. And in verse 11, it says, While traveling to Jerusalem, he, uh, being Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee. So we join Jesus in Luke 17, 11, and we see that Jesus is on a journey and he's going to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you know, that's a pretty important place in the Bible. It's like the capital city of the land of Israel. It's the place where the temple of God is. It's the place where the kingdom of Israel is set up, and it's a very important biblical city. We see that Jesus is headed to this place in southern Israel. And on the way there, he's passing between Samaria, which is an area, a region, kind of in the middle of Israel, and Galilee, which is an area or region in northern Israel. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about Samaria, so we won't really get into it, but it's not a place that most Jewish people would, would hang out. It's a place filled with what they looked at as sinners, people that were brought in by the Babylonian Empire, people that were transplants, not supposed to be there, not like the Jewish people, and they kind of worshipped the same God, but it was like a pagan version of their religion. It was a perverted version of the Jewish religion. And they looked at these people and they thought, man, they're sinners, there's no good in them, we can't pass through Samaria because even if we go into their land, we may be defiled. And we saw last week, Jesus didn't really care about that. And then we have this area in northern Israel that was Galilee, the place that Jesus did most of his ministry. And he was kind of weaving along the border of these two places. This is in 12. As he entered a village, it doesn't say which side of that it was on because it doesn't matter. But he entered a village. It said 10 men with serious skin diseases met him. It says they stood at a distance and they raised their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So Jesus is walking into this city, wherever the city is, it doesn't really matter. And as he goes into the city, he's met by 10 men. And every one of these men have a serious skin disease. Have a, a, a disease actually that would keep them from being in the city. Maybe all different diseases, maybe all the same diseases, it doesn't really matter this morning. But what we know is the reason that these men didn't meet Jesus inside the city is they were not allowed to go inside the city. If you look at Leviticus 13, maybe when you're bored later, um, if you look at Leviticus 13, you see how the, um, the, the Israelites were to deal with skin diseases. If you come up with a skin disease of any kind, even a little boil, maybe even a little burn on your skin, anything that would change the color or the appearance of your skin, you'd have to go to the priest. And the priest would look you over and they'd check you out and they would either declare you clean. Nah, it's just a, just a burn, right? Or they would put you in quarantine. We'll figure it out, but you can't be around people for seven days. Or they would exile you to outside the city. And if you had leprosy or another skin disease, what they would do is for the entire duration of your skin disease, if it was leprosy, it was the rest of your life. You would be banished to the outskirts of the city. And you'd have to walk around on the outside of the city and live on the outside of the city. And you couldn't have contact or communication with someone who didn't have the skin disease. It wasn't transferable. They didn't know that. And, and you'd have to walk around. You weren't allowed to shave or to fix your hair. You had to just let it grow. You had to look like a wild person. And you had to rip all your clothes so at the seams. You had to look a mess, right? 
And every time you got near anybody that was passing in or out of the city, if you got close, you would have to yell to them, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine that? Today we just pick one of you guys out and we're like, ah, I don't like your beard. Um, so <laughs> you have to go outside the church. You can't come in the church. You can go stand outside the church. And um, if, if you get near anybody, you can't dress like any, you got to wear just messy clothes ripped at the seams. Don't cut your hair anymore. Don't cut your beard anymore. Don't contact anybody that's not like you anymore. You got to kind of live out there. And then if people get near you, like if Nick was to approach me, I'd have to be like, no, unclean. You can't come near me, man. I'm different than you. I'm, I'm gross. I'm nasty. You have to get away. What a constant reminder that would be, that you are less than, right? That you are filthy. You are dirty. You're not like everybody else. And these men approach Jesus. Who knows how long they've been living this way? Some of them maybe months. Some of them maybe years. Some of them maybe, you know, the vast majority of their life. And they approach Jesus still far away because they can't get close by the law. And they yell out to him, Jesus, Master, right? Have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It's a pretty good start to a prayer, right? Jesus, Master, let's pump it up there some. Lord, guy who's in charge. Have mercy on us. Such an unspecific prayer. They didn't say, Jesus, hey, by the way, Jesus, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but I have a skin disease. Look, look at me. It's actually list off one, and uh, it causes uncomfort and displeasure, and I'm exiled from everybody. They didn't go through the whole story. Pray this generic prayer, Jesus, have mercy on me. You can bet that this wasn't just a passing, oh, let's look, here's a guy coming in, let's just call out his name. But these people had heard stories, right? Somehow, I don't know how they hear stories because they can't really be around people, but they heard stories of how Jesus is a healer, right? Heard stories of how Jesus can take blind people that have never seen before and give them sight, or people that have never walked before and make them get up. And, and, and somewhere in there, they hear that Jesus is coming towards their city. So they're, they're camping out, right? They're staying outside the city, kind of watching the gates, and here he comes. And in them, this is the moment. Like maybe, just maybe, he will take pity on me. Maybe, just maybe, like what he did for them will work on me. Maybe if he can heal the people that are blind, maybe he can heal people like me. Maybe if he will have mercy on people that have never walked before, maybe he can have mercy on me. So they come up in this moment of desperation because they've tried everything else. Washed, cleaned, right? Scrubbed. It's not coming off. And maybe, just maybe, this is the guy, and they come up and they, they yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Whatever that looks like, right? And Jesus looks back at them, and it says, he saw them. Now, if ten guys are yelling at you, you're probably going to notice them, right? I don't think that's what Luke here is talking about. 
if you go to the mall and you're yelling at me, I'm going to turn around and see you. We don't need to write that down. Like, that's not really important to the account here. This is not a he saw them like he took notice of them or he kind of glanced in their direction. But when he says this, he, he saw them. He looked at them and he, he saw the condition, right? He, he saw what they were going through. He saw the struggle they had been dealing with. He, he not just kind of glanced their direction, but man, he looked intently at them. He saw them. And it says he not only saw them, but he spoke to them and he told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Can you imagine hearing that? Okay, let me, let me wind this down for you because some of you guys are not maybe with me. You've had a skin disease that keeps you away from people for a significant period of time. So if you were married beforehand, your wife is in the city or your husband's in the city and you're outside the city and you can't have contact if you had children beforehand, they were in the city, right? And you were out of the city and you can't have contact, maybe from a distance, right? But you've not been hugged by a loved one in some time. You've not got the pleasure of like holding hands and walking down the street in a long time. You can't even cut your hair. You can't even change out of your nasty ripped up clothes. And you've heard how Jesus like heals blind people. And you've heard how Jesus speaks to lame people, people that have never walked, and he says, get up, and they get up. And here Jesus comes, and he's coming down the street, and you yell at him, and everything in your heart is saying, man, this is the moment, this is the moment, this is the moment. And then he yells back at you, go see the priest. That is not the answer you've been looking for. I guarantee you, these people have went to see the priest a whole lot of times. Look up Leviticus 13. How, how you are declared clean or unclean is you go see the priest. Imagine going in, hey, I, I don't think this is a skin disease. It's probably not a skin disease. I'm pretty sure it's not a skin disease. What do you think? Oh, I think it's a skin disease. Are you sure? I'll come back tomorrow, right? <laughs> I'm going to need a second opinion. I'm going to go see a different priest. Or I'm going to go see a different guy. I'm going to travel across to a different town. And I'm going to be like, hey, because you're obviously broken. Like, that's wrong. It's not a skin disease. It can't be a skin disease. So I'm going to go check out somebody else. Time after time, right? These guys have probably went to priest after priest. Do you think it's getting better? I think it's probably getting better. Like there's less dots today on my arm. It's probably, it's clearing up some. Do you think I can go back in the city now? And here Jesus comes out with a go see the priest. What do you mean go see the priest? I've done that, right? I just want you to say Skin disease, be gone. I'll even help you. Here's, here's how you're going to take care of this, Jesus. You're going to be like, leprosy away, and it's just going to go away, and then here we go. I'm not looking for a go see the priest. That's not actually what I come here for today. I'm going to need you to give me a different answer. You ever done that? God, that's not actually what I want to hear right now. You are the God who heals the blind, and you're the God who tells the lame to get up, and they get up, and, and that's not what I want you to say to me today. I'd, I'd rather you say something else, actually. I'd rather you just give me a totally different answer. I'll give you a book full of answers, because I've actually already got this figured out. This is what I need from you. Uh, so just pick one of these. Right? Because I've done that. I don't know if you've done that. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe you're like better than me at that, but I've done that. That's not what I want to hear. Because I'm looking for this. 
this is your plan. This is, this is the only thing that makes sense. I've heard about you, and this is the only thing that makes sense, and this is what I want, and I'm not, not, not going to settle for or go see the priest because I've done that. I'm going to need something different. How, how disappointing in that moment would that be? Like, oh, man, that's not, man, the, are you sure that's all you got to say? Because, like, we can just, there's other ways we can do that. But this is what Jesus says. These men live their life reminded that they're unclean. Yet he tells them to go see a priest that's declared them over and over and over again unclean. They don't need another reminder, right, that they're unclean. But it says they went. um, I don't know why. Maybe just, all right, we'll go again. Um, But I know what he's going to say, and then maybe maybe I'll come back and you'll give me a different answer. Um, But it says, and while they were going, they were healed. Jesus says, right, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He says, okay, go see the priest. Okay. And it sounds stupid to them. But what Jesus was doing here is he was saying, okay, you can walk into the priest because I've, I've made you clean, right? And when you get there, he's going to confirm that you are. Because the priest decided who was clean and who was unclean, who had the skin condition and who did not. And even though maybe the plan seemed very roundabout plan. See, the answer they were looking for is actually the answer that Jesus gave. He just gave it in a different way. Isn't it crazy we get so frustrated? That's not the answer I want. That's not the answer I want. That's not the answer I want. Maybe if we just listen, maybe it is exactly what we want. Or even better than that, maybe it's exactly what we need. Because see, my list of answers are not actually very good answers. I guarantee you if I can come up with it, right, it's (laughs) probably not what I actually need. That's why the Word of God says that as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far his thoughts above our thoughts and his ways above our ways. Like they're, they're just that much different. We can't even comprehend them. And here Jesus says, go see the priest. And they're like, man, I'm, I don't know that I like that answer. And then it's the exact answer that they're looking for. And it says, while they were going, they were healed. Isn't that amazing? All 10, right? 10 people came, 10 people asked for mercy, and 10 people received mercy. Not, uh, I really like you and you're okay. Don't really like you, so no. Um, maybe your prayer is very impressive, so I'll give you that. Yours was dumb, so no. Like, he didn't go through and pick out, did he? Ten people ask for mercy, and ten people receive mercy. Ten people, maybe with all different skin diseases, all different problems, ask, and ten people with maybe all different problems received healing in all different problems, Right? God's grace is not a discriminatory grace. It's not about, oh, I I dress better than this guy. They're all horrible looking. Their clothes are ripped up. They're nasty. They can't shave. They can't cut their hair. They're gross. And all ten people still got exactly what they need. So it says as they went, they were healed. And it says in 15, but this happened, but one of them 
seeing, noticing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. Okay, 10 people ask, right? 10 people healed, but one out of 10 noticed. And when he noticed, it drove him to respond, right? And he come back and with a loud voice, I don't think it was just when he got there, right? Because technically we've not even read that verse yet. But like the whole way back, his, his language changed. Because he used to have to run around and yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine running into that city? And now I'm not yelling, unclean, get away. I'm yelling, clean, right? Clean, healed, free, different, changed. Look at me. Look at me. Other hiding in the woods, right? Like hiding out there in the rocks. Like don't come near me. Don't look at me. Don't want to be around me. I'm unclean. That's been his life up to this point. And then he changes and, and, and his brain changes. There's a shift that happens and he's like, never mind. Not unclean. Actually clean. I am healed. And he runs back in the city and this is the language. Man, look at what God has done. Look at what he did. Look at my arms. Look at that. Look at that. They're gone. It's not like just maybe they're there. They're going away. Like they are gone. Look at this. Can you believe this? I am clean. Look, man, look. No, you got to see this. I am clean. Yeah, you wouldn't even talk to me yesterday, but look at this. Like I am clean. Look at that. We can hang out now. That's amazing. You should ask me to dinner. Like, look at me. I am clean. This is amazing. Look at this. He did it. You remember like just a few minutes ago, I was out there on the hill and I was yelling, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. And you were at the gate snickering because you didn't think you'd have mercy on me. But look at this. He had mercy on me. It's amazing, right? And for the first time in maybe months, maybe years, maybe the majority of his life, this man ran back in the city. He's not been able to even go in the city. He's not been allowed through the gates. The, the first time when he encountered other people for, for maybe years, he's been able to not yell, unclean, 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 don't come near me, but clean, 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 clean. Look at what God has done. So he, he, he sees that God has done something, and he responds to that. And how he responds to that is he gives glory to God. That's, a, that's amazing. But it's one out of nine. One out of ten, I guess. And he runs back in. And, and, and with a loud voice, not whispering or um, saying it in my heart, but he gave glory to God. And it says in 16, he fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And then look at what Luke adds. Oh, he was a Samaritan, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Not only was he dirty and unclean before this, but he was a Samaritan who had no claim to God, who kind of worshipped this perverse form of the Jewish religion, that guy who nobody would have encountered probably even before uh, he had leprosy. He, w- he was that guy. That's the one that came back. And what he did when he came back was, was he fell down at his feet and he worshiped him. So the whole way back in, he's yelling, clean, 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 clean. Can you believe this? This is amazing. I am clean. Oh my gosh, I've never been clean like this before. This is a different kind of clean. Look at me. I'm clean. And then he gets to Jesus and he does what? He falls down at his feet, face down. And he worships him. 
Now see, the reason I think this is crazy is this man has not been able to have contact with people in probably years. He's not been able to touch another human being without a skin disease for who knows how long. And the first time he has contact with another human being, it's the son of God. And what he does is not come up and hug him. What he does is not come up and like pat him on the back. What he does is he falls face down at his feet. Like maybe face on his feet. And he worships him. The whole way back in, I was yelling, clean, clean, clean. I said God did this. Maybe I could have just like bowed a little bit, right? (laughs) Maybe I could have just come back in and been like, oh, it's him, pointed. But he comes back in and and, and he doesn't just point and he doesn't just kind of like embrace. He falls face down at his feet. That's gross to even think about, isn't it? Think about this. People didn't really have awesome shoes then. (laughs) Maybe they were in the street and animals instead of cars now roam the street, right? So what else is in the street? Streets weren't paved with cement. They were dirt or rock at best. And none of that matters. Because all you can think is, I have been so unclean for so long and I, 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 didn't, I wasn't even specific, right? I don't even know if it was this guy's voice that yelled it. Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. And I, he said, go. And then I went. And as I went, I looked. And I noticed that I was clean. And I couldn't wait to get to the priest because I, I may come back and he may not be there. Like, I'll, I'll do that in a few minutes. We'll do that. But before we do any of that, um, before I worry about what anybody else thinks about my cleanliness, I have to go back and I have to find this guy who made me clean. And I just have to, like, i got to thank him. So the whole way he runs back and he doesn't care who sees him, right? He's probably been hiding for years and now he's like, I don't care that my clothes are ripped and my beard's nasty. Like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care that I smell bad or look weird. Like, I don't care about any of that. I'm going to run down these streets and I'm going to yell I'm clean because they need to know like something is different here. Something happened here. Jesus did a thing here and he runs back and, and, and he gets to him and he falls on his face and he's like, so everybody knows it was this guy. It wasn't this guy. He may be a nice guy. And it wasn't this guy, although he probably is good too. It was him and all the attention and all the glory. It goes right here at his feet. And he throws himself down, face down, at the feet of Jesus. And he worships him. Not, oh, I don't like this song. Not, oh, this bridge just doesn't hit me the way them other bridges hit me. It's I realized how unclean I was. And I realized that the only way I'm clean now is because of him. And the response to that is, whoa, <laughs> you've got to see this guy. But I like the songs. Not the same. But man, when that bridge gets, man, I just, not the same. Sometimes I just got to shout. 
not the same. And this is what Jesus says. Oh, you didn't go to the priest first. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, that's not there, sorry. Um, he says, we're not ten cleansed. I thought there were ten of you guys. I thought I healed ten of you. I can't, I'm, I'm, maybe it's my memory. Um, maybe it was bright and I just couldn't tell. Maybe they were trees and you were just there with the trees. Um, but I thought there were ten where are the other nine? Because see, the truth is that he did the same thing for all ten, right? This guy didn't get more healed than the other guys. He didn't get more like forgiven than the other guys. He didn't get more of any grace or anything than the other guys. Like they all ten got the exact same amount, the all the exact same thing. He didn't get like a special healing or a special cleansing. They just all got the same, right? And Jesus is like, man, I did the same thing for ten of you guys. Where are the other nine people at? Where I, I that's weird. I, I could have swore there were 10. 18, didn't any return to give glory to God except for this foreigner? Didn't anybody else come here today? Didn't anybody else come to give glory to God today except for this guy, the Samaritan, who probably shouldn't even really be here right now, right? Like by everybody else, like you would have been like, oh, heal the Jewish guy, right? Or, oh, he used to be a priest. You should heal that guy because they probably weren't exempt from leprosy. I don't know how they would be. Or, oh, that man, that's Martha. She teaches uh, Sunday school. You need to heal Martha, or man, Sam, he, he's an attractive dude. You heal him, he can shave that beard and start looking like somebody again. But he says, man, I, I healed 10 of you guys, and where are the other nine guys? Because um, the only one that came back to give glory to God is the one that everybody else was like, man, he would never heal him. He, he would never do that. He's a, he's a foreigner, he's a Samaritan, right? He, people won't even go into their land. They won't even come near that. But he's the one here. He's the one bowing. And this is what Jesus said to this guy. He told him, uh, get up. Not like get away from me, right? Because we're clean now. Um, but he said, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Okay, man. Um, I, I've healed you. You don't have to go live outside of the city anymore. You can, you can go live your life. You, you were actually pretty much dead to the world out there. Separated. You couldn't be around other people. Um, you were hopeless. Uh, but man, I have healed you. And now you can get up and you can go live your life. He didn't say, oh, you're chained to me, Right? Thanks for coming back. I gotcha. <laughs> he said, okay. Get up and go live. And he went his way, right? Your faith, your belief in what I can do, that, that's, that's what healed you. you. I said go and you went and you believed and man, you're healed. Um, have have a great time out there living. 
uh, I think what's amazing about this story to me is uh, all ten of these guys had the same exact healing experience, right? Ten guys all healed. Every, every one of those guys went on their way, and every one of those guys, there's not a moment here where Jesus gets vindictive, and he's like, oh, I'm going to give the other guys leprosy, but worse than it was last time. Like, there wasn't any of that. They asked for healing, and he gave them healing. They apparently, for some reason, didn't feel the need to come back and to thank God or to worship God for that, um, but, but he didn't revoke it, right? But one guy looks down on the journey, and he's like, holy, wow. <laughs> it, it's, it's really gone. He, he'd looked at his spots for probably years. He pr- probably could map them out for you if you gave him like a, a little chart. He, he was very aware, acutely aware that he was unclean and that he had no hope and the he was going to be living out here forever aside from the intervention of God and then God did this weird thing he intervened and he looked down and just blown away by that blown away by how unclean he was and then just in a matter of moments how clean God had made him he he responds to that right do you not think the other nine guys standing around heard him oh man I'm clean and like ran back they watched him do this. Yeah, nobody else turned. Well, he said, go to the priest. I'm going to go to the priest, right? I'm just going to do it. That's what he said to do. See, this guy was so blown away, he couldn't just go through with the motions. He had to go back and, and be thankful, right? So he runs through the city. He's like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, man, I can't believe this. I'm so clean. I can't believe this. And he gets to Jesus. And he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And he worships Jesus just out there in front of him. He don't care who sees it. He's not thinking, oh, man, I hope nobody thinks this is weird. Let me bow down here. <laughs> oh, man, I hope nobody thinks I'm weird going down through here yelling about how God uh, cleanse me. I hope I don't offend anybody, right? I'm worried about that. He was so blown away that he was so unclean and now God had made him so clean. He, he couldn't get over that. See, in that moment of seeing what God had done, he responded to what God had done. And the response to that is worship every time. So it leaves you like, why did the other guys not return? Well, there's two options. One, they didn't really see. Man, I don't mean that they didn't notice there weren't spots on their arms because they'd have to be idiots, right? <laughs> They've lived with leprosy for a long time. Everything in their life, every single day was a reminder that they were unclean. They would have to know, oh man, I've been made clean, but maybe they didn't really see. Maybe they noticed it, but they didn't intently uh, stare at it. Look at what God has done, right? Maybe, maybe they didn't get the, the magnitude of that moment. And the, uh, the other is, maybe they just weren't concerned about um, glorifying God. Because see, the truth of it is, when you glorify God, the one person who doesn't get glorified is you. 
See, to glorify God is an undignifying experience in itself. To glorify God, you have to look a little bit foolish. To glorify God, you can't be concerned about what other people think about you because you're too concerned with what other people think about him. There can't be this, oh, what will people think if I raise my hand? Because then I'm not trying to glorify God. Who am I trying to glorify? What will people think? It doesn't matter what they think about you. Oh, what will people think if I, if I cry right now? Manly men don't cry. Like, I can't cry right now. Well, yeah, you were completely filthy and you couldn't be around people and now you're not. And you can cry about that if you want to. Uh, because it's not about what people think about you. It's about what people think about him. Right. Like, like a, somebody that's worried about glorifying their self, they can't bow down at the feet of anything. Because to bow down is to say, it's not about me, right? Kings don't bow. You're the head of the kingdom. You don't have to bow to anybody. Servants, they bow. All the way down. And to bow is to say, man, it's not about me. He's the king. I'm the servant, right? So I, I don't know which one of these two it was, but it had to be one of these two things because it, it wasn't, oh, I, I can't tell that my spots are gone. Maybe it was just they were so concerned with just doing what he said to do, they couldn't be thankful for what he had done. Oh, he said to go see the priest. I gotta go see the priest, right? So we make it all about the priest. Maybe sometime I'll return and I'll just pass him. Hey, thanks, man. I went and saw that priest and he he said he said I was good. You see, the truth of it is this morning. Um, just speaking of worship, maybe the reason so many of us don't is, is one of these three things. Maybe the reason that we can't have an outward and open expression of our inward love for God is, is, is because maybe we just really haven't seen what he's done, right? Oh, yeah, I know about the cross. Oh, yeah, man, that's just awesome. I love the cross. Oh, the wonderful cross, right? Woo. But do you know, like, do you see, do you stare intently at the fact that you didn't deserve that? See, the truth of it is, man, you were the Samaritan, right? You were the unlikely. You should have been the counted out. You were like this pagan, like I'm worshiping whatever I want to. I'm following whatever I want to. Like I don't have to give anything to Jesus. I don't have to follow Jesus. I don't have to be about Jesus. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. And because of that, you should have been dead. God should have in all his wrath just lifted up his anger for sin and just obliterated us. Like actually in Genesis 3, he should have just unspoke the world into existence. I made you idiots. You walked with me every single day, and now you pick this dumb fruit over me. Like, I could have made 40 billion of these trees on 40 billion different planets, and you picked this one thing over me. I'm the creator of the universe. I made everything, and you think that fruit's better than me. Done. I could have done that. Or with you, I created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. I breathe the breath of life into you, and you live that way. For some of you, uh, yeah, you, you call yourself Christians and you live that way. He should have stopped your heart years ago. But through the cross, through the grace of God and the mercy of God, Jesus, the Son of God, took the wrath of God for you. So that you wouldn't have to be obliterated. Jesus was obliterated on the cross. 
And maybe it's not that we can't see our spots are gone, because I, I think pretty much all of us in here this morning would be like, oh yeah, I'm forgiven, right? Oh yeah, I have grace. Oh yeah, I have mercy. Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven, right? But do you see what a miracle even in itself that is? Because you should have never made it. I should have never made it. God should have counted me out and counted me down. The Son of God never should have died for me. He is perfection, and I'm the total opposite of that. He never should have spilt his blood. It should have been all mine. He never should have worn my crown. It should have been all mine. He never should have died on my cross. It should have been all mine, and it should have been worse. I wasn't something to be pitied. Like, God didn't need to pity me. I had the manual in my hand, and I chose everything but the manual, right? And because of that, he should have crushed me, but here I am today, and I'm alive, and I'm breathing, and I'm going to heaven. I'm leaving this place. I have a relationship with God. I, 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 can, I can see my spots are gone, but I can really see my spots are gone, and maybe, maybe that's why we don't worship. God is decent. How good is our God? How okay is our God? You're a decent, decent father. Some people are better. Some things are better. And I'm decently loved by you. I kind of feel it sometimes. And most of the time I don't feel it. So I might raise my hand if uh, the bridge is good today. That's bull. But it's how we worship, isn't it? Maybe we don't see. <laughs> They're gone. They're gone. I don't have any stripes because he has all my stripes. I don't have any nails because he has all my nails. They should have been my nails, but he borrowed them and put them in his hands so I couldn't use them again. Don't halfway worship that. Or, oh, I don't, I, I just, I don't know if I can raise my hand. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, the cross probably wasn't comfortable either. Get over it. Amen. <laughs> it's not, I'm not, I'm not a crier. Well, yeah, who cares? It's not about who you are. It's about who he is, right? Well, I, I don't, I can't bow. I just, man, I just, I don't, I don't know what people think if I get down on my knees, like, what are they going to think of me? Like, oh, they might think I'm some horrible sinner. Well, you are. They might think I don't have it all together. You don't. By his stripes we are healed, not by your actions or your deeds. It's not about your glory. It's about his glory. And if you're not concerned about his glory, guess whose glory you're concerned about? You can't have it both ways. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Well, guess what? It's not going to be uncomfortable, or it's not going to be comfortable in hell either. So it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of got to get to it, right? I don't know if I can go to work and tell people about the goodness of God. Well, you can't do it anywhere then. I don't know if I can raise my hand in, in, in church, or I don't know if I can, I can, I'm not a singer. Who cares? God created your voice. He knows you're not. It's kind of going to be okay. See, the truth of it is, man, you can have all kinds of excuses for why your glory is more important than the glory of God, but the reality is it's not. And if you're so worried about what people think about you, you'll never be worried about what people think about God. So you can't have it both ways. And maybe, just maybe, we got so caught up in, oh, I gotta do the stuff, right? That we thought the stuff was really the important thing. How many times did Jesus rebuke this man? Oh, I told you to go see the priest. Why haven't you done that yet? See, actually, the reality is he didn't even tell this guy at the end of the story to go see the priest again, did he? Because see, the reality is he didn't need to go see the priest. He saw that he was clean. Jesus said, go, and, and he healed him on the way there. And this moment he saw that he was clean, he didn't need anybody else to back him up on that. 
See, the reality of it is, I don't care what you think about me. I have no, there's not even a little part of me that cares what you think about me today. Maybe tomorrow will be different. But today, I don't care. Because I know what he thinks about me. I'm not here to impress you. I don't come in here week after week so somebody can check a little box that says, oh, Brad showed up today. Although I have sometimes thought it might be funny if I just didn't tell anybody and didn't get anybody to preach or sing and just not, just to see what it was like. (laughs) Just a cool experiment. There will be a camera if that ever happens, by the way. But the truth of it is this morning, it's not about the stuff, right? Like we've said that over and over and over and over and over again for weeks and weeks and weeks and maybe years if you've been here that long. It's not about the stuff. We don't get it sometimes, do we? Because at the end of the day, it's still for us is about the stuff. Oh, I got to go to church. Or I got to sing the songs. Or I know this is the part where I'm supposed to raise my hand. Or he said, oh, we better raise my hand. So I better raise my hand. Like, and we make it about all those things. And it can't be about the things and about Jesus. Because see, when we start making it about the things, we, we quit remembering to be thankful. I mean, I, I want to be thankful. I'm, I'm healed, but I got, I got to go, right? I got to be here. No, I mean, I, I really want to be thankful. I do, but man, I got to sing these songs right now. So I just, I'm going to focus on the words or the melody or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not about the melody ever, is it? It doesn't matter if you can sing one little bit. You don't have to get that melody right ever. You don't have to get the rhythm right ever. Hopefully one day there'll be so many people in here that will never know the difference, right? It's not about any of those things. Worship is not a formula or a thing. It's a feeling and then the response to that feeling, right? I I see who you are, God. I see what you've done, God. I'm gonna respond to that. Not, oh man, I get the goosebumps. Let me raise my hands today. See, the truth of it is, man, that when we sing, no, I'm no longer a slave of fear, I am a child of God, man, that should stir something in us because we didn't deserve that. Amen. We songs like, sing songs like, Jesus, Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, right? That should stir something in us, not because like, we got the goosebumps because that was the one time in the past six months that that song hit us, but like, man, that is reality, and I agree with that reality. Amen. See, those songs aren't there to worship We're not worshiping the songs. Those songs are there to remind us what God has done so in that moment we can worship. They're there to help us see what he's already accomplished. They help us to see past, oh, my spots aren't there, and get to, man, I never deserve this. I never deserve this. Not one time did I ever deserve this. So here we go. Quit making worship about you. What is worship? Not your favorite song list. What is worship? Not your favorite bridge. Worship is, man, I see what he has done, and I will respond because he did it. Man, I see what he has done, and I will tell people. I will let people know, not because I want people to think something about me, because, man, I don't care what people think about me. It's all got to be to him. Worship is not, this is how we do it every single time. Worship is, man, I am blowing up on the inside because of what he has done, and I will respond every time. And if you're not there because of whatever, you're the other nine. I don't care what your excuse is. And I wonder maybe if Jesus wouldn't just stand there and be like, man, didn't I heal all of you guys? Was it just him? Did he get special healing because he jumped this morning? Did he get special healing because he's crying? Did she get special healing because she raised her hands this morning or she bowed this morning? Because I'm pretty sure everybody got the same one. Everybody was headed towards death. Everybody was under the power of the enemy. 
And through the power of the cross, the enemy was defeated. Sin, shame, death, guilt have no hold on you. And I breathed in that moment where I said, Father, forgive them the breath of life anew into you. Didn't you get that? This morning, see it. Quit making it about you and see it. Let's pray.